Welcome. This is Jeffrey Meldon from Meldon Law welcoming you to a special edition of Meldon Law and Friends. I'm here with my law partner, uh, Carrie Meldon. How are you doing today, Carrie? Oh, I'm doing fine, Jeffrey. I'm happy to be here. We've got some great guests, which we'll introduce in a few seconds, and looking forward to another great Gator Day, uh, Gator Weekend. We've got some volleyball games going on, which you'll we'll talk about, as well as the uh, Gators taking on the University of Kentucky Wildcats, which I've heard is going to be one of the biggest games in Lexington history. The, the football stadium is already sold out, and the uh, tickets are going for as much money as any other game this weekend other than the Alabama game, apparently. Wow. Yeah. Well, uh, that, that's going to be a, a big deal. Uh, they're undefeated. Uh, we only had that narrow loss to Alabama, so uh, uh, it's going to be a big game. What shocks me is even though we're on the road, we're still favored by uh, nine, nine and a half points. I know, it's crazy, right? But the odds makers, who knows what they know or they don't know anymore. <laughs> Last year was, uh, it was a different kind of year with COVID, and this year, you know, they're all over the place. But, you know, they have to play the games. Whether we're favored or not is, is irrelevant. Once we hit the field, we've got to be ready to play. And Kentucky is always well coached. They've got a great offensive line. they got some studs on defense, coached by uh, Mike, uh, Bob Stoops, uh, or, or not Bob Stoops, uh, Mark Stoops. Is, that, is it Mark Stoops? Younger or Mike's, brother. Okay, Mark. yeah, Mark Stoops, who's uh, Bob Stoops' brother and former defensive coordinator at FSU, and he's, uh, he has a formidable, formidable defense. So we'll see how it goes this weekend. Anyhow, we got some uh, ticket giveaways to announce. We have six tickets for uh, the volleyball matchup against Ole Miss this Saturday at the O-Dome, uh, 4 p.m., and uh, we're going to give away... Two, ticket, uh, two tickets and a set of four tickets. All you have to do is go to Meldon Law on Facebook, and uh, you can enter the contest. We have had great response. Volleyball is really exciting. Uh, Mary Wise always puts together a great product, and uh, we encourage everybody to go to Meldon Law on Facebook and enter, and you'll win the contest uh, sooner or later. Uh, the other big contest we have is not for this weekend, but a week from Saturday. Uh, we've got homecoming and uh, Vanderbilt, uh, which is kind of the stepchild of uh, the SEC, is coming to town and uh, the Gators are going to be uh, playing them. And we have two tickets for the Vandy game. It's a 12 noon game plus a $100 uh, gift certificate to Spurrier's Gridiron Grill, where we're broadcasting from today. So uh, make sure that you go to Meldon Law on Facebook and you will see uh, both of those contests and we encourage you to enter them. And uh, Spurrier's Gridiron Grill is an incredible uh, both museum and uh, restaurant and the food is farm to table. Uh, you will love it here. It is uh, the, the best thing uh, that's happened uh, to this town as far as a restaurant in a long, long time. Anyhow, we're ready to get to um, our first guest today, who's a, uh, a longtime sports uh, hero in uh, Marion County and uh, this part of the state, Mike McGinnis. Welcome to our show, Mike. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Well, uh, you, you were just talking, and Mike's been... Uh, in uh, Florida since he was about 10 years old, 
and uh, moved down from Indiana. Uh, Mike, uh, I read your uh, bio, and I know you were really involved in, uh, in sports as a youngster. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about growing up, where you, where you were uh, located in Florida, and uh, how you got involved in sports? Sure. Uh, my father moved us down from uh, southern Indiana to Pasco County, just north of Tampa. I started the fifth grade there, and, and um, I just enjoyed ball, if you will. Didn't have much going back in those days, but uh, played Little League baseball and uh, didn't play any Little League football. I didn't have such then, uh, and, and played a little bit of basketball starting in the uh, junior high school, and that was it. We didn't have any of those little feeder programs and, uh, other than Little League baseball. But anyway, I participated in high school and all, in, actually in five sports. And uh, I was blessed, in a way, to have some wonderful mentors. Uh, our, my high school coaches were special to me, uh, second fathers, if you will, big brothers, if you will. And, and uh, that kind of led me into going into athletics to the point where my, my basketball coaches, I had two, one that uh, took me under his wing early on, who was a little All-American at Anderson College in Indiana. His name was Jack Wilson. And uh, he was really special to me, and I, I wanted to emulate him. And as a sophomore in high school, our, I was the sixth man on the team. And um, but beg your pardon, I was the seventh man on the basketball team. And the first six guys were seniors. And we, we lost the first game of the year that year and won 30 straight games and, and then won the state championship in Class B wow. of the four classes. There was, that was the third class over in Alligator Alley at the time. The unique thing about that was we didn't have a gym. We, we played outdoors. We played on, we practiced on the concrete slab and, and played all our games away except for two or three games. So after that success that Coach Wilson had, he left. And I thought my world ended. I had no idea what was going on. A young guy came in named Chuck McKinney who played at Carson Newman. He was from Wildwood and played basketball at Carson Newman. He came in, and back to the big brother part, he was like a big brother to me. And uh, during the fleet in my senior year, we went 30-4 and four and won the state championship again, still with no gym. Well, the exposure <laughs> that I now, got. Now, what high school were you playing at for? At Zephyr Hills High School in oh, wow. Pasco County, yeah. Um, the exposure that I got was able to have at the University of Florida because the t state tournament was there. I can remember playing on on the, the floor that I ended up playing on in college. And, and what position were you playing? Well, at 6'1", or 6 foot, I was actually 6 feet and 1 half inch in high school. And I played inside, uh, played like a forward. But when I got to Florida, I was the second smallest guy on the team. You know, everybody else was bigger than me. And I played wing then uh, in a 1-3-1 one, one offense. But anyway, being able to play uh, in the high school tournament in uh, Gainesville at the University of Florida exposed me to the University of Florida staff. They watched all the games, and they offered me a scholarship. Wow. And it was a do-good scholarship, if you will. If I did good the first year, I'd get it the next year. And um, the rest is history. So what year did you come to the University of Florida? The fall of 64. Wow. Yeah, fall of 64. So, I graduated high school in 64. So now the Gators were playing in Alligator Alley then, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So uh, tell us a little bit about what it was like for a kid from Zephyr Hills to come up here to Gainesville and uh, play basketball with the Gators. 
How about a culture shock? Would that be? <laughs> it was different. I, uh, without getting too personal, I, uh, my my parents had divorced. Uh, came from a broken family. I was the eldest of four, and uh, didn't have a cent to my name. Had a, a pair of shoes. Called a ride to come to Gainesville for the first time, and the ride dropped me off, and here I was. Yeah, were you were you living in one of the dorms here? Yeah, yeah. I lived with some other basketball players. You know, I checked in with the at the basket at the athletic offices, found the basketball coaches, and, and went from there. Yeah, it was different. It, uh, looking back at, it, I wonder how it ever happened, how I ever got through that. <laughs> who were who some of the other players on the team with you? Well, when I first started, Gary Keller, who was a, a good friend of mine and continues to be, was one of the stars. He ended up playing in the ABA for several years. He was a, a, a tall guy, Six right? Six nine, yeah. He and was, that was very tall back then. Yeah, it <laughs> was. Uh, Coach Sloan is uh, Norm Sloan recruited me, and uh, he he had a a way to recruit. He he t he recruited some good players and some and some tall players. But uh, without getting into it, Coach Sloan was difficult to play for, very difficult. Um, he was a different kind of person. And um, like I said, without getting into it, it made it pretty tough. So much so, in fact, I had a knee injury to start my sophomore year. We were playing Saturday, Sunday afternoon, and I tore a cartilage in my knee. And that gave Coach Sloan an opportunity to say, you can't make it, you're done. Mm -hmm. And so I literally was. I, I was no longer on the basketball team. I finished the year as a scholarship on my scholarship being the manager to the freshman team, believe it or not. And, and that allowed me the opportunity to go to school the second year. But as things would have it, and as the Lord blessed me, that uh, Norm Sloan left and Tommy Bartlett came in. And uh, I asked Coach Bartlett what the chances were, and uh, things worked out. And I ended up being able to play for Coach Bartlett, and, that, and it was wonderful. Here I was from a no high school gym. Mm -hmm. Uh, lost my scholarship, had a knee injury, and I actually, my senior year, my fifth year, I actually started on the basketball team. That's great. Until another injury came about. That's another story. What was the second injury? Groin. I turned, pulled a groin muscle to the point where our team physician actually had to suture it back into the pelvic bone. Wow. <laughs> different times back then. Yeah, the day. it's different. So, but anyway, it worked out. How did you end up in Ocala? Uh, briefly and quickly. Uh, when I finished my senior year playing basketball, uh, the draft was in effect at the time. There's a good chance that I could have been drafted and going uh, sent to Vietnam at the time. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to dodge it as such, but I needed to see if I was going to be qualified or not. And I went to take my physical at Jacksonville, and my knee, had the, the knee injury that I had, was questionable. And they said, well, we're going to call you back. Well, in the meantime, I started teaching and coaching in Alacho County. Mm -hmm. I coached um, boys basketball and assistant football coach out at Santa Fe High School for a year because I was in graduate school at the time. I, I moved right into trying to get a master's degree. Um, to make a long story just a little bit longer, I ended up um, finding out that I wasn't qualified to go into service. My mm -hmm. knee kept me out. I became 4F. So that allowed me to go back to graduate school with no worries. I was married at the time. My wife and I had been married. We didn't have any kids. She was a teacher and coach out at Newberry High School, and mm -hmm. I was at Santa Fe High School. Well, we decided that I should finish my master's degree, so I did that. And I, when I finished that master's degree, then I had the opportunity to move to Ocala to Central Florida 
junior college at the time as an assistant basketball coach and a physical education instructor. Mm -hmm. So uh, I did that. That was in 1971, I believe it was. And the yeah. college was just getting started back then, wasn't it? It was there, but there wasn't much going on down there. Uh, the campus was not anywhere near developed. Uh, but they did have a campus as opposed to meeting over at the yeah. middle school or something. And they had a gym. Yeah, they did have a gym. <laughs> so I started out a couple years. Uh, that, that took me down there. Um, uh, Pat was, uh, she's a physical educator, and she was teaching. Um, and we had our first son. And then uh, I, I ended up becoming the head basketball coach at the college and did that at CF and did that for eight years. And it was very mm. unsuccessful, disappointing. Mm -hmm. And got out of that and became the athletic director after a year. And mm -hmm. So and on and on it goes. <laughs> well, I know that you've been really involved um, in teaching and in coaching um, over the years. Uh, so during the, um, you know, 80s and 90s, were you still teaching? Uh, yes. I finished. Uh, I left the, I stayed at the, in education for 28 years. Um I did that year in the public school system and then all those other years down at uh, CF in Central Florida, at Central Florida in Ocala. And I've, I left there in 98. I had an opportunity after being the athletic director for 17 years. Um, I had an opportunity to work for Scotty Andrews, our city manager in Ocala. Uh, he asked me to be the director of golf for our two golf courses. Mm -hmm. And I did that. It was a really unique opportunity to change uh, careers, if you will, and not have to move and stay in the same bed and everything. And so it worked out pretty good. Um, didn't have an idea, though, what the bureaucracy was like and all the red tape was like. <laughs> so uh, tell us a little mm -hmm. bit about the golf courses in Ocala. Well, there's only one now as far as the municipal mm -hmm. course goes. We had two. Uh, one was a 27-hole golf course, Pine Oaks, and the other one, of course, was Ocala Golf Club over on the boulevard, which is thriving to this day. Uh, when Scotty Andrews was our city manager, he had golf in his blood and enjoyed it, and everything was good. When Scotty retired and we went to another city manager, things happened yeah. negatively. Have but, you ever played the, those courses? Yeah, I played Ocala National. I, I, you know, they have such great golf courses in and around the Marion County um, area, and, and they're pretty. They're always incredible condition. They're usually pretty affordable. Uh, you know, they've got the Stone Creek uh, golf course. You have. Uh, God, what's the other one that's uh, really long? It's kind of near Stone Creek. You probably... Uh, uh, well, Juliet Falls is out Juliet, towards Dunellen. That one's incredible. That's yeah. in Dunellen. But there's another one. Near, yeah, uh, uh, I just was there. I, you caught me off guard a little You know bit. where I'm talking yeah, about, though. Exactly. So it basically looks just like Stone Creek, except yeah. it doesn't have any water on it. It's a little bit longer, but they've got, it's you know, they've got, of course, Golden Ocala, and I've heard, you know, whisperings that maybe Odina is going to reopen, and they've got, they've got so many places that is uh that are incredible in ocala it's it's kind of uh underrated when it comes to it's, it's golf. yeah golf mecca in a, in a sense when i was the director of golf i i could tell people at the time it's been i've been removed for quite a while now mm -hmm. that that within 30 minutes of my office where I, and i was located at pine oaks within 30 minutes we had 27 golf courses sure and it's just amazing uh, I'll remember the name of that. Uh, now, they're in Candler Hills. That's exactly what it is. That's the one it is. Yeah, yeah but they're there. all in incredible condition. Yeah. When you go down there, uh, that was the first time I broke um, 80 was at uh, Stone Creek 
shot like a 78. And I remember it was because everything was in such good condition that when you're hitting off the fairways and on, you're putting on the greens, you're you're getting it's you know nice. the re, you're not getting the ironwood uh, bounces like you do in Gainesville, <laughs> yeah. otherwise known as ironweed. You but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, guys, we got to go to a oh, break uh, here yes. for uh, sixty seconds. We'll be back on Melden Law and Friends. When you're a member of the Gator Nation, you know what it means to never back down. Melden Law has been a proud supporter of the Gator Nation since 1971. Two forces that won't back down. As the old saying goes, if you can't beat them, join them. Oh my gosh, I can't even believe this. Look, look what you have done to my truck. Excuse me, it's your fault, it's not my fault. Yes, it is your no, fault. I am fault. calling Jeffrey Meldon from Meldon Law. So I'm going to call Jeffrey, my husband. Meldon Law, this is Jeffrey speaking. Jeffrey! This no, person no, lives here. This person lives here. He might New client? Yes, but this one might be a little tricky. <laughs> We're back. At Meldon Law and Friends with our special guest, Mike McGinnis, and my law partner, Carrie Meldon. Carrie, uh, you were uh, getting ready to ask Mike some uh, really interesting uh, questions. Well, Why don't you go ahead? Yeah, we were talking about golf, and at the break, uh, I wanted to get into the Ocala Quarterback Club. Uh, Mike is the captain of the Ocala Quarterback Club, and it's one of the more successful clubs in uh, in Florida. In fact, Ocala's Gator presence is almost unrivaled. In some some respects, they have uh, more fandom than Gainesville when it comes to these clubs that they've they've had in Marion County for years and years and years. So I'm really interested in in what your experience has been with the Ocala Quarterback Club. Kind of maybe tell the uh, listeners out there how you first got involved and. And, you know, if they want to join, if they live in Marion County, how do they do it? Sure. Um, my involvement started in 1983 and, and uh, when I was at college, at community college, and I became the athletic director. And uh, Dean Gilligan, Bud Gilligan, was my boss, if you will. He was one of the two deans under Dr. Goodlett, our president. And he said, hey, we need to get the athletic department a little more exposed. What do you think? And I said, Sure. And he said, what about the quarterback club? Can you make some connections there? And I did. I joined at that time. Uh, and that was in 83. Now, I, I remained uh, a member of the quarterback club until, well, throughout. I still am. But seven or eight years ago, we had a program chairman, Kerry McDonald, who was there from the beginning. And Kerry was very involved with uh, national prominent sports athletic people. He knew a lot of folks. And being the program chairman, he was able to bring some of those people in to speak to us. Um, Kerry became ill, and they needed somebody to take over. And I got pointed at, and I accepted <laughs> it. And I guess through my connections in, in sports officiating and athletics, I was able to, to take over that job. And I've done that for about seven or eight years. Uh, then we lost our president, our president, our captain of the quarterback club, and um, – Buddy Martin asked me if I'd be interested in taking over. He actually shoved me into that position. <laughs> Corey, that's how it usually happens. Yeah, right? I didn't really want to wear two hats. Uh, uh, actually, I, I pretty much wore three. I, I 
a sports official, was a sports official, and mm-hmm. and I had a little bit of the program each Wednesday night. And a minute with Mike, we talked about football rules, where I was, what happened, you know, various things like that. And now I was going to be into a third slot and being the captain of the quarterback club and kind of running the show. So I've done that for the last four years now. And so we've, we've been uh, fortunate to, to have the club we have, even mm-hmm. through the COVID year when people were shutting down and all, we actually continued and maintained uh, our, our membership Dropped a few, but we stayed around 80 wow. as far as our member goes, uh, membership goes. And we had uh, we had a, a pretty good attendance each week. Uh, wasn't 80 every week, but we had a lot of guys. And this year we were back to 80 again. That's uh, great. Is coming. it capped? I mean, can people join? How do, how oh yeah, we can still join, and uh, we're uh, they can get in touch with me. They can get in touch with you guys. They can get in touch with me. Mm-hmm. I don't have the information, but we got uh, our our main most guy is Wes Wheeler. Right. Wes, Wes is kind of our membership guy, our, our, our secretary, if you will. He does. Uh, he's assistant treasurer mm-hmm. under Steve Lee. Uh, but Wes knows everybody. And, if you get on the internet and you Google uh, Ocala Quarterback Club, yeah, is it now? Is it the only uh, football? Uh, related club in Marion County? Or? Yes. Okay. The, and it's not a Gator club. That's what we try to impress people. Now, 99% of <laughs> us are Gators. Yeah. But we've got some guys in there from Alabama, Notre Dame, Mississippi State, and but and, and it's a football club. They it's endure. They endure you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're misguided, <laughs> but you put up with them. Put up, that's good. So anyhow, Mike, I wanted to talk a little bit about your career as a football official. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we see the zebras down on the field all the time. And, uh, you know, uh, how'd you get into that? Well, that's another interesting story. <laughs> How much time we have here. We got time. I'm, I'm going to uh, try to condense it. When when I finished coaching basketball in at the college level, junior college level, uh, I had some spare time. But I'd also enjoyed playing softball. We had a pretty good slow-pitch softball team that traveled around. And the guy that handled the team, the manager, if you will, was a good friend, a good Christian man. And he was a sports official, and a good one, and well-recognized. His name was Bud Holt. Mm -hmm. And because I got out of coaching, Bud said, I want you to come with me tomorrow morning over at Ocala High School, Forest High School. And I didn't know what he was talking about, but I ended up going to a football officials, high school football officials meeting, and and just getting a chance to talk to some of the guys. I knew some of the fellows because of my uh, coaching basketball. Some of the guys that came up from Orlando to do, to handle this high school football clinic actually officiated some of my college basketball games that I coached. So I knew, and and all of a sudden I got the bug. So I, how did you learn to be a football official. Well, I don't know that I ever did, but uh, <laughs> uh, through Bud and mentoring and clinics, uh, you know, I, I owned a whistle because I coached, but I can remember that I didn't have officiating shoes. I didn't own a pair of knickers, so mm-hmm. I had to learn and all that stuff and buy the stuff, and Bud took me under his wing, and I started doing JV games and Little League Saturday uh, Pop Warner type games. Um, and eventually was able to move up and ultimately got to a point where I was wearing a white hat and had my own crew as far as high school. Explain to our, our listeners and viewers what wearing the white hat's all about. Well, that's being the referee. That's the, the leader of the crew. He's right. the one that you see making the announcements. Um, 
he's no smarter than anybody else and doesn't make any more money than anybody else as far as doing the games go, but somebody's <laughs> got to lead the team, and, that, and that's him. So did it stop in high school, or did you continue to progress in your career? Uh, let's go back to the quarterback club. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm listening. Uh-huh. I, I'm answering it this way. I'm listening one night uh-huh. to a college football official, Ned Wilford, who had a twin brother who, did, who officiated in the NFL. Ned was a hospital administrator down in Brevard County. He came under Kerry's invitation and spoke to the quarterback club when we met out at the Ramada Inn, Mm -hmm. Steinbrenner's Ramada Inn. And uh, he spoke on officiating and his experiences, and it was pretty good. I was interested, and I was a high school official. One thing led to the other. At the end of his speech, his talk, we went to say hi to him and introduced myself, and one of the guys that was with me said, hey, McGinnis officiates high school football. He said, hey, we're looking for guys. Why why don't you turn in an application? I said, well, I don't don't know anything about it. I had no aspiration to be a college football official, Mm -hmm. especially because I come to Gator games and I see them out there, and I don't know the rules. Mm -hmm. College rules are different than high school rules, and that was a little bit of a concern. Well, I got the application, and to make a long story a lot longer, I sent in an application was declined. I sent in a second application the next year uh, because they said if you're still interested, send it again. And a second year. Third year, I sent it in, and they sent a letter back and said, uh, we're no longer interested in you to forget trying to apply. Well, by this time, I had an opportunity to be with uh, to work some of the Gator scrimmages. I knew some of the guys, mm-hmm. and they knew I was trying, and they would invite me to come up and work some of the scrimmages and all. Galen Hall was the coach at the time, and, and then Steve Spurrier came along after a while. Uh, and those guys that I was working with apparently put a, a good word in for me. Mm-hmm. And the leadership in the conference office in Birmingham changed at that time. Right. The guy that was the supervisor was removed and the new guy came in and I guess the new guy was able to be encouraged by some of my guys and I got in. in Is it the commissioner that, that decides who the officials are going to no. be? How does that work? Is it there, There's a supervisor of football officials Okay, and he he's a deciding factor. And there's a, at the time, there was a committee. I remember going on for an interview right? and, and there was uh, 33 of us and they told us I went to Birmingham in February, and those 33 guys were told that that we were selected out of a group of 130 wow. that had applied that year. And I, I thought that was pretty special. Yeah. Well, out of those 33, six of us were taken into the conference, and I was one of them. And I was the only one that had never taken or been involved in a college football snap ever. I got I, I got to get something to okay. Mike because this this is something that's on my mind. I know that. You did a lot of unofficial officiating, and then you went up and did replay. Is that correct? Yeah. So I want to hear your thoughts on replay and what your experience was mm-hmm. like, and uh, how to uh, uh, you know improve it uh, if it needs improving. I was fortunate when I came off the field. I, I, I was a line judge in the conference for 15 years, wearing the stripes. Just the SEC conference, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, Southeastern Conference only. Worked all over the country. I was fortunate. I was uh, I've been from San Francisco to Miami. Uh, bowl games, just really, really good. But not all on the field. Uh, after 15 years on the field, I got to be the age, and my knee that kept me out of service was bad enough. I had to have a total knee replacement, and I I was done. 
the supervisor at the time was Rogers Redding, and uh, Rogers Redding was, I worked for him on his crew the last four years. We worked together. He retired the same year I did. And after one year, he became the supervisor and asked me if I would come to the replay booth. There's two positions in the replay booth. There's a communicator observer who is the assistant replay official, mm -hmm. and there's a replay official. I, w I was a, a communicator observer mm -hmm. uh, for four seasons, and then Rogers asked me to move over to the main seat. Wow. And I'm pointing to that main seat because you're the one. You're right there in the middle. <laughs> you're the one. There's, there's, there's so the, you're, you're making you the final call. The, 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 yeah. To yeah. Over, whether to overturn a call. Yep. And, uh, Gosh, but you know, but crazy. this guy, but the uh, uh, sorry to interrupt, but the the communicator observer is another set of eyes, another opinion, right? But still, you've got to make the call. Now, here's what's interesting: that happened for out of the six years that I was in that chair. The first three, maybe four years, it was it was me. Then they said, "We're going to hook you up to Birmingham." Mm -hmm. So now. That guy, the main guy, has got headphones on and is talking to Birmingham the whole time. They've, there's a room up there much bigger than this uh, that's got every game going on. That's, and, that's and incredible. It, it's amazing. Incredible. Well, I'll tell you, um, Mike, we're going to have to have you back because we could go on about this instant replay <laughs> stuff on and on and on. I know pleasure. it's a big topic. I wish judges could do that because I get I get a little upset sometimes. <laughs> I get rolled against and I think they need a, a replay <laughs> official in the courtroom. Well, we call it the appeals court, Gary. I know, but it takes eight months and it's... Uh, I know. You know it's, <laughs> and that's why, that's why uh, we're going to... Uh, delve into this topic at a later time. I want to thank Mike McGinnis for joining us today. Um, we're going to be back for our second uh, half of the show with a great Marion County uh, celebrity, Buddy Martin. And we're going to go to a break right now, and we'll be back on Melden Law and Friends in three minutes. We still hear it. The sound of victory, the joy of being part of something great. And while things may not be the same right now, we haven't gone anywhere. If you bleed orange and blue, then Melden Law is the firm for you. And I was in an accident. Someone ran a red light and hit me, and I was hurt. You don't know where to turn. Luckily, I called Jeffrey. These big insurance companies, they don't want you to win. They truly don't. But Jeffrey and his firm and the people that work here, they just really fight for you. You call the law offices of Jeffrey Belden because you're going to need help, and they will help you. Gosh, I can't even believe this. Look, look what you have done to my truck. Excuse me, it's your fault, it's not my fault. Yes, it is your no, fault. Not, I am no. calling Jeffrey Meldon from Meldon Law. So I'm going to call Jeffrey, my husband. Meldon Law, this is Jeffrey speaking. Jeffrey! This person here, this person lady, he might... New client? Yes, but this one might be a little tricky. 
The Gator Nation will be the first to tell you that in all kinds of weather, we all stick together. Which is why Melden Law is honored to be the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. We hope you never find yourself the victim of a serious accident. But if you do, our team is here for you. Gators won't back down from a fight, and neither do we. The Melden Law Firm from the beginning has been built on giving back to the community. I enjoyed coming to work as much today as I did in 1971 when I opened my practice. I don't look at this as a job, I look at it as serving other people. While we're alive, what better feeling can you achieve than knowing that you've helped other people and thereby you enrich your own life. When you're a member of the Gator Nation, you know what it means to never back down. Melden Law has been a proud supporter of the Gator Nation since 1971. Two forces that won't back down. As the old saying goes, if you can't beat them, Join them. We're back on Melden Law and Friends. And our special guest for the second half of our show is the famous Buddy Martin. Welcome to the famous, show, famous, buddy. Famous. <laughs> How are you, Jeffrey? Thanks I'm for I'm doing good. I know this guy, too. Yeah, so uh, Buddy is is a legendary uh, sports writer. Uh, he's written biographies uh, for none other than Steve Spurrier. Uh, we're at Spurrier's uh, Gridiron Grill right now. Uh, Buddy also wrote uh, biographies for Urban Meyer and Terry Bradshaw and uh, has been a, a legendary uh, sports writer um, all over the country for decades and decades uh, and is an Ocala native, and uh, we want to welcome you to the show, buddy. It's a great honor to have you here. It's an honor to be here. When people say legends, they mean you're old. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'll take that. That's okay. Well, you, you, in order to accomplish all you have, it takes a few it years, does take right? A while. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm going to start off right away. Okay. You know, you've written biographies on these uh, three great sports legends. Mm. Uh, in your opinion, what separates them from uh, other people? What's, what uh, you know, makes them uh, you know, legendary as far as what they've accomplished? Well, they got different DNA, for one thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. But they're very much the same competitor. They all love to win. Uh, and they all have different ways they approached it. Uh, they're all strong mm -hmm. leaders. Um, and uh, I, I just think the commonality is winning. When you talk about Terry Bradshaw, four Super Bowls in six years. Mm -hmm. Wow. Right? That's that, pretty impressive, right? Yeah, I mean. When you talk about Steve Spurrier, you know, his six conference championships and his, his national championship. Seven always, conference no, championships. Yeah. <laughs> Spurrier counts as seven. I know the real story. He can claim it, but he can't, it's a mythical one, okay? Uh, it, it was no, no doubt about the fact that they would have won it had they been had, you know, had they been eligible, but the fact is it's six. Uh, but then more importantly, he turned the program around. Yeah. I'm a long-suffering Gator fan. Mm -hmm. I've been longer than you even. That's a lot, okay? And I remember the days when a 5-5 five and five record was okay and getting to a bowl game. 
And that was it. SEC? Nah, it's never going to happen. National Championship? Don't make me laugh. You know, Spurry came in right off the bat and he turned it around right away. And what he did, one of the great coaching jobs in the history of the game, and you'll tell, you talk to good coaches, they'll tell you just how good this guy is. Um, and, and so uh, then, of course, Urban, I got to know pretty well, has a great experience writing his book because I got to be embedded with the team. I actually got to go in the locker room. Mm-hmm. I got to go on Thursday night family night meals. I got to go on the field, running on the field with the team one time to experience that. Uh, Tennessee game, the ground was shaking him out under my feet. It was so loud. You know, spending time with Urban as I did. A lot of, and I got a, another way of looking, another insight to a coach in a program I'd never seen before. So they're all unique, all three of them, all different, but the commonality is they know how to win. Mm-hmm. And what is it that um, uh, uh, develops that within a personality? Well, it's pretty complex, isn't it? Um, Urban, of course, is when I did his book, I talked to 50 or 60 people before doing this book, including his best friend in high school, all the way through. And he told me in the book, before Urban ever finished coaching at Florida, he said he won't coach in the NFL. He won't leave to go to another college because he'll spill his guts out on the field. He said that's he said, what he'll do is he'll probably just die right there on the sidelines because mm. that's what he said. He puts everything he's got into the game. Pretty prophetic. You know, he thought he was going to die when he got sick. And some people just don't get it, that whole myth about the fact that, well, you know, he faked it because if that's not true. I right. know because I was in his home the day he decided he wanted to coach again. Wow. I know why. So I'm just saying, wow. I don't mean to say I'm, more insightful than you or you. I'm just saying that's the truth. Well, you um, certainly were closer to him. I had a good seat. I really did. Yeah. I got to know him pretty well. And, of course, this year I got to do his podcast, which we were doing while he was the Jaguars coach. So they're all unique. They all want to win. Now, Spurrier is no joy to be around when he loses, let me tell you. Right. <laughs> uh, I, I, the, the year or so I spent doing his 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 autobiography. I found what year out. was that, buddy? Well, that was uh, four years ago. Okay, so uh, post-South uh, Carolina. Or, and I, during South Carolina. In okay. fact, that's the thing that happened in the process. The book process takes a while. You know, you got to get an agent, you got to get a contract, you got to go and do the research. And that was about, well, actually, it was a 24 year process with Steve. Wow. We agreed to do it 24 Incredible. years ago. And then Steve decided he didn't want to do it then. And so, in, what was it? Uh, 2017, mm-hmm. my phone rang one day while I was on the air doing the show, and it was Coach. He said, buddy, remember that book we were going to do? I said, yeah. He said, you want to still do it? And I said, yeah, let's do it. And so <laughs> there we were, and we did it 24 years later. But it took us a little, you know, not that much to write it. But yeah, I was during South Carolina, and during the process of the blue in the book, he resigned from South Carolina. I thought, wow. great. I'm doing a book on Steve Spur. He just quit his job. <laughs> what, what am I going to do there? My yeah. agent said, don't panic, whatever. Of course, the rest of the story was it worked out perfectly. He came here as an ambassador. He came back here coaching the bottles. And so we're going to do, at least Freddie tells me, Freddie Weeby tells me, <clears throat> try to do another add-on to the book, maybe a separate book about his career after that. And when he got to the Apollos, when he got here, the things that have happened to, to him, he's had a quite a unique life. I, I think that uh, I, I've talked with uh, Coach uh, 
a little bit, and uh, he's really uh, excited about the future and everything that's uh, going on. He is, and I was doing my show this morning, <clears throat> well, last night with Shane Matthews, mm -hmm. and he talked about how Coach Spurry was always, look, we're going to go out there, we're going to do this, this, and this, and it's not going to go good all the time. It's going to go bad. It's going to go good. We just got to weather the storm, keep playing, keep playing, keep playing, and good things will happen. Mm -hmm. And that was his philosophy, and it worked out pretty well, I'd say. Yes. Good question. Going back to Urban Meyer, I wanted to ask you this because I just real I just was thinking about this last week. Someone brought it up. I was like, oh, wow, that's, that's actually um, interesting, is that out of – Everyone that's eligible to be in the Florida's Ring of Honor, mm -hmm. which is a very, very elite group, there's what four or five uh, people in the mm -hmm. in the Ring of Honor. I think yeah. the only person, as of today, that is eligible mm -hmm. to be inducted into the Florida Ring of Honor that's not is Coach Urban Meyer. Is that accurate? Yes, Gary, that's accurate. I don't know the backstory on it. I don't know whether the COVID year. Had anything to do with it? Mm. I don't know if it was just an unpopular. I don't know the story, but he's going to be in the Ring of Honor. I think so. He, he deserves it. Absolutely. Two national championships. And he brought Tim Tebow to Gainesville, and Tim Tebow is probably next to Steve Spurrier the most iconic Gator of all time. Yeah, he's right there with Steve. Um, and again, yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think it's got a matter of time. And I've talked to Herbert about this. Just he, he's not contentious about it. <clears throat> he's not worried about it. You know, he didn't ever bring it up. But one thing I thought was very interesting was <clears throat> recently at a game when Urban was Urban was uh, uh, introduced to the sidelines. With Spurrier. Yeah. With Steve. Yeah. And I talked to Steve about this. I said, that's good. Because Urban has told me, you know, when I came here, <clears throat> I didn't know what I was doing. I was just trying to follow what Steve Spurrier did. Mm -hmm. And someone asked him in the first press conference <clears throat> about a visor. Do you wear one? He said, I wouldn't wear one around here if I did. Yeah. And he said, uh, what did you think of Spurrier? He said, I loved the way he coached. I loved his team. I loved the way they ran on the field. I loved the way they ran their offense. I loved everything about what Steve Spurrier did. Great admirer of Spurrier. Yet Steve has that thing going for him that he was the first. He brought the national championship yep. for the program. He will always be held in high regard. Well, he was also a Gator player. There's no... Steve will always be the ultimate Gator unless yeah. unless Tim Tebow comes and coaches to three or four national championships. <laughs> yeah, then there might be a, yeah, an yeah. argument. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. Steve's number one. Exactly. Uh, yeah. But I, I wanted to do one last follow-up question. I'll let you then yeah. go because this is interesting. I, mean, I don't get to talk sports very often. This is going to come on my show. I, well, may, well, I'd love to, but uh, buddy. So, with regards to uh, Urban Meyer. And Steve Spurrier, of course, now we have Dan Mullen. And right. Dan Mullen does wear the visor. My question is, and I've always wondered this, this is, and I'm putting you on the spot on our podcast. I don't mind. Does, do you think that Coach Mullen listens to Steve Spurrier and, has, and draws up any plays based upon his conversations with Steve mm. Spurrier? That would be my question. Interesting time to ask yeah. that question because we had this conversation on our show or uh, with a conversation with Chris Doring, whenever. Remember the play. <clears throat> where Trent Wedemore got the p double pass. This past weekend. And th right, yeah. this past weekend. That's a play that came out of Mullen's mothballs, was called Kodak. Okay. After Kodak Black, they named it after him, and they ran it a couple of years ago, and they audible that play in, which is really rare to audible a trick play in. I mean, yes. It uses yeah. a timeout, right? Right. <clears throat> but here's the thing. <clears throat> Excuse me. The answer for your question, if you look back at the SEC championship game, 
I want to say it was 95, I can't remember the year, there was a play in there where Doring threw a pass like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a very similar pass. And if you talk to Shane, they'll say, yeah, they probably took that from, you know, Coach Murray or whatever. But, I mean, look, that's not anything new. Everybody takes stuff. There's no question that Urban, that, that, that he, you know, he coached Urban's offense. People don't know what a big voice. He really had a lot of say uh, when, uh, when he was coaching the offense uh, then. Because I was on the headsets. Yeah. This is the call plays. <laughs> and I remember Urban saying, let's keep the ball, let's keep it on the ground. And, and Mullen would challenge him, say, Coach, we got to put it up. we got to go for it. We gotta, you know, let's run our offense. I mean, he didn't, he, Honestly, is there a better play caller in college football than Dan Mullen? I, right say, I don't think there is. I really don't. Yeah, I, not right now. And yeah. I think that's a couple of points, Greg, real fast, if we got yeah. time. Well, wait, wait. We're going to go to a quick break, and then we're going to come back with the answer to that question about who's the best Play caller in college football. (laughs) We'll be back (laughs) on Melden Law and friends with Buddy Martin. When you're a member of the Gator Nation, you know what it means to never back down. Melden Law has been a proud supporter of the Gator Nation since 1971. Two forces that won't back down. As the old saying goes... If you can't beat them, join them. The Gator Nation will be the first to tell you that in all kinds of weather, we all stick together. Which is why Melden Law is honored to be the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. We hope you never find yourself the victim of a serious accident. But if you do, our team is here for you. Gators won't back down from a fight, and neither do we. Welcome back to Melden Law and Friends. I'm Jeffrey Melden with Melden Law. I'm here with my partner, Carrie Melden, and our special guest, Buddy Martin. Carrie, you were going to ask uh, Buddy a question. Why don't you follow up? No, I was just, he was talking about how there's different coaching styles and how Meyer wouldn't wear the visor. And of course, Dan Mullen wears the visor. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about how he's so brilliant. And, you know, the question was, does he talk to Spurrier? Uh, about their offense because they're yeah. both off. I think I think they're both probably top five minds in college football. Yeah, yeah. Spurrier was as good as it was. I mean, he was somebody better. Well, than he him. was revolutionary mm-hmm. back mm-hmm. when he came here in 1990. Mm-hmm. The SEC was run, 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 right. run. Right. He transformed the whole SEC. He really did. If you talk to guys who know X's and O's, I'm not one of them. I know a little bit. <clears throat> that was the reason. But what I wanted to say was. There's a couple of points I wanted to make about this Gator team in Mullen. Mm-hmm. I go on a lot of shows, like I'm doing a couple of national shows this afternoon, not that I'm anybody important, but they're just eight people and I'm available. <clears throat> Cheap and available, as Spurrier says. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I want, that's his favorite. Oh, yeah. cheap. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's what he tells people in the hours of, mm-hmm. when you were cheap and you were available. So that's me. <clears throat> but I wanted to say, <clears throat> sometimes when I go on these shows, I say what I think. And it sometimes it's very favorable to Florida, and I can hear him saying, yeah, he's a homer. Yeah, he's, he's a homer. Okay, maybe I'm a little bit, but I try to be honest and, and assess things. And I've said when they hired Mullen right away, I like to hire. Mm-hmm. I like his offensive skills. His, uh, he'll figure it out. Uh, and also, when you start talking about this year's team, 
nobody believed this team was going to be any good. I say any good, meaning good potential, because they lost three guys last year who represented over 5,000 yards in offense. They, mm-hmm. well, they can't be any good. They lost all these players. And I would say to people, <laughs> not so fast, my friend. I didn't tell you to say that. But there are players on this team you're going to hear about. You know, and obviously Emory was one. I didn't even know about Anthony Richardson yet. Now that even impresses me more. I said the wide receiver core is going to be okay. They got some guys that can play. All right. <clears throat> Offensive, and they can't run the ball. I said, who said they can't run the ball? You know, he, you know I don't get that. So, sure, there are points here and counterpoints. The national narrative is always a half a beat behind. Yeah. They don't quite know what's going on. Now, I don't get to see practice, but I have friends who do. And I was pretty comfortable this team was at eight wins, ten wins, whatever you want to say. Actually, I think I picked them and won 11 games <clears throat> uh, yeah, before the season started. Because the one thing I didn't know about was the defense. Now we're seeing what we think is a sort of revival, rejuvenation of this defense, which they desperately need. They played pretty good at times against Tennessee. The secondary, they lost their – look who they've lost. Yeah. Benchel Miller, I mean, he was out, you know, uh, and, and they lost key, four or five key players, and Anthony Richardson, those four or five Oof. key players that hadn't got a chance, couldn't play. Now, this team now is not playing his best football. Their best football is ahead. I don't know whether it'll be Saturday night in Lexington or not. I can tell you this. If this team plays as good as it can, they can beat everybody, including Georgia. And, it, and I agree. That I think the one difference, buddy, in my in my mind, is that with Spurrier, you always knew he was going to win. You know, the margin of error wasn't that thin. With the Dan Mullen teams, I feel like the margin of error is a little bit th- more thin in terms of you can't make as many mistakes. Spurrier, remember when Spurrier went down twenty one or twenty eight points to South Carolina? Uh, I don't know if you remember. I don't know what year that was. I think. Uh, it was maybe 98 or two. I don't know what year it was. He went down 21-0 to South Carolina, uh, and I knew he was going to win, and guess what? He came back and he, and he won the game. Well, he was yeah, Mullen went down 21-3, to the national champions, and almost won. But, but didn't. That. Yeah, he almost won. Now, well, he has one more step to take, and I, I, I can't wait to see it because I think Mullen is. I wouldn't want anyone else coaching the offense in the country besides Dan Mullen. Mm-hmm. Uh, the defense, like you said, has taken great steps. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and just like what was the famous Spurrier line that he would say? I would take your eleven and and actually it was what, actually what was, Bum Phillips. Is that what it was? Yeah, okay, it was, why I did could I take his and be your and you put your and be his? And yeah, that's what Bum Phillips said. That and then what did Spurrier said? Some iteration well, I, of that too. Well, probably yeah. who knows, but yeah. it was good. I'm sure whatever. It was. Okay, yeah. so listen, um, I want to switch the uh, topic right now to the Georgia Florida game. Last year we won that game. Mm-hmm. Okay, and oh wait a minute, they did. Because I didn't think so. Where we were talking about the preseason, like, well, Georgia is going to win the SEC East. And Mullen said, "Do they remember that we won Georgia last year?" And that's what I'm talking about. They like, oh, the that narrative. Never happened, you know? And then, yeah. yeah. Well, and then and Georgia comes out and beats Clemson. And everybody's going, "Oh, yeah. you know." How's that well, going? Yeah. Well, <laughs> well they I, lost two. Yeah, oh, they really? lost wow. two. Yeah. I didn't know that. They thought, I thought they mailed that ballot in. And I thought Georgia's quarterback, JT Daniels, has won the hype already. I must be listening to the wrong channel. So, anyhow, so we got this, uh, you know, look, we've got big games, you know, Kentucky, 
uh, I don't count Van Vandy really, but no. LSU's on the road. We'll you know, anything could happen there. We'll uh, Missouri's you know, tough. They're not an easy out. Well, yeah. yeah. So, so, so um, yep. going going up to uh, you know Jacksonville and playing Georgia again mm -hmm. this year, uh, I can assure you mm -hmm. that uh, Georgia has the game against Florida circled on their. Uh, calendar oh, yeah. several times. Several times. <laughs> if the, if there's one game they got you know focused in on, uh, that's it. Because it's uh, a must-win for Kirby Smart. I mean, he's been co coached there for six or seven years. If he can't beat the Gators this year, I don't I don't know where he's going to be going moving forward. He has I mean he's got a great team, but he's I mean you have to you have to win the SEC East to to continue. In either at either UF or Georgia, you can't well, lose look, it too much. Too Georgia is ranked number two in the country. I don't think Kirby Smart's uh, job is uh, on the line. Good however, point. Good point. however, I do think that um, the SEC this year it's pretty amazing. Arkansas, right? Great story. Yeah. Probably going to end this weekend, but a great story so far. <clears throat> and I love Sam Pittman. I think it's really fun. There's several good. Everybody tell me how good Texas A and M is. What happened to them last week? <laughs> uh, you know, there's a lot on the table. As they say in pool, the game's on the table, you know, still. Um, and I think this is uh, – people keep talking about Georgia, Georgia. Show me, you know, yeah. 1980, we know what that means. Um, and so, look, Kirby Smart is a terrific coach. And I love Shane Beamer's comments after post-game last week. What they got that? beat by him. They said, what happened against Georgia? He said, what happened? They got like a hundred five stars on defense, <laughs> you know, and that's right. They yeah. they do. They got loaded with coach. But the downside of that is you better keep them all happy because it's something called the transfer portal out there, and yeah. it ain't easy. And by the way, you still got to have a team that meshes together. And Georgia's got good players. Good players don't automatically make a great team. That's correct. I mean, they, how's Nick Saban done it? They, he's kept that that team he's, amazing he's, for so many years. He keeps them hungry. <clears throat> he coaches them hard. Uh, he recruits like crazy. He's got a machine. Uh, look, you've got a big advantage when you get invited to go on <clears throat> uh, Monday night football and be on uh, with the Manny brothers yeah. because, oh, by the way, it just so <laughs> happens that Nick is recruiting their, their son, Archman. Oh. Is that a little bit of an advantage right there? But, I, mean, yeah. I, I was really impressed with their quarterback because that Gator environment was – I think it was one of the best environments I've ever been in when we played Alabama. It was electric. It was awesome. <clears throat> it was awesome. And always remember, somewhere it should be written down in here. They didn't win the game. That 99-yard drive was to behold. Incredible. That was remarkable. Na the Naquan Wright uh, drive, right? Exactly. He, <laughs> he and, and, and Emory, they, yeah. touched, they were the only guys that touched the ball, I think. I got to ask you. I got to ask him. AR-15, is he going to be part of this team this year or what? I What's going to happen? be part of it. The question was a hamstring you never know. Yeah. Uh, you never know. I love watching that guy play football. He, I've said this on the air nationally. And other, he's the most exciting quarterback, if young quarterback at Florida I have ever seen. Mm -hmm. What he can do, his skill level, he doesn't know the offense yet. And Shane Matthews keeps reminding me, well, he's got to know how to do the offense. got to do that. You know, look, talent is important too. Mm -hmm. Talent-wise, he's amazing. I love watching him play. And yes, he will be a part of it. That's awesome. You just gotta hope that hamstring stays healthy. So uh, the final four this year. Mm. Okay, who are you calling? You make me do this now. <laughs> oh man, I change every week. I gotta go back. Well, obviously Georgia, Alabama got to be in there. Although one will get knocked out, I think that they can survive it. You know, well, high state's gone. 
uh, Oregon. Let's see, it's going to be a Big Ten team has to emerge. Yeah. You know, with Ohio State. I don't know. What's going Ohio happen. State doesn't play anybody <laughs> tough for the rest Until of the year. Until Michigan. Well, yeah. Michigan's playing better, I will say that. Yeah. Uh, I can't make up my mind there yet. Um, I think they're playing better in, in the Pac 12. Uh, and I don't know which team to pick there. I thought it might be Oregon. So let me get back to you on those four. Okay, what about Oklahoma? Well, they didn't play too well last week. No. Right. And they didn't play well for a couple of weeks. And I'm beginning to see cracks in that deal, you know. So then who's going to be take that Big 12 spot? If they, I don't know. That's why it's hard for me to say. Or, or Cincinnati beats Notre Dame this weekend. I'm not going for Cincinnati. No matter what. No, I mean, they're a mid-major, let's be honest. They okay? are. They are. Yeah, I, mean, look, I agree I mean, with you. Good story. There's a good coach, all that. But, you know, again, don't sell me Cincinnati until they do it one time. All right? <laughs> I just can't go there right now. And i got to see what's exciting about this year is that we don't know yet. It hasn't yeah. revealed itself. And I don't, I, you know, I, I can't put another. I mean, it's going to be, <clears throat> it may be Florida. It may be Georgia uh, and Alabama, both, because that game will decide a lot. Uh, I don't know in the pack. I'm not sure in the Pac-12, and, and I, I just can't pick it out just yet. So I don't think it's going to be Arkansas. I'll be honest with you there. So uh, it's yet to be determined. I mean, Old Miss is uh, playing Alabama this weekend, and anything could happen with Lane Kiffin. I don't know. Yeah. Old Miss. <laughs> Lane Kiffin said last night, last year when we played them, he said they had six number one draft picks. We yep. had two guys that got drafted, period. That's it. Well, <laughs> There's a little disparity of talent there, you know. I love Lane Kiffin. I love their quarterback. I think love him, yeah. I think he's the best quarterback in college football right now. And that's a great equualizer, right? The quarterback position. No doubt about it. You know, no doubt it. about it. That is definitely. But there's been some ups and downs on that, too. The quarterbacks haven't panned out. Mm-hmm. So it's just a topsy-turvy week. I can't. It might be Oklahoma. It could be, you know. Uh, I don't know who will emerge in the Big Ten. I just don't know. So, Buddy, I want to ask you, um, what are the favorite things that you're doing in your life right mm-hmm. now? I still love to write. That's my heart and soul. I come from a long line of writers in my family. My dad and my, my grandfather are all journalists. My three kids all majored in it, and none of them use it. But uh, uh, I love to write. It's hard work. It's not easy, and I'm not complaining. But the great Red Smith once said, how long should it take you to write a column? He said, 45 years and, four, and 45 minutes to type it. You know, and, and, uh, and he said, well, how do you write it? He says, you just open up a vein and bleed for an hour. You know, that's what you do. And it's hard. But I'd like to think maybe I still got a little bit of a touch on writing, which I try to show in Gatorbait, my magazine, every week. How, how um, do uh, the listeners get a subscription to Gatorbait? You know what? I'm glad you asked. You yeah. go to GatorbaitMedia.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been around for 42 years. We bought it two years ago, and we wanted to preserve it. So I basically financed it on my 401k, and I got a bunch of good people working for very little money. They're cheap and available to quote very. <laughs> and we hope to preserve this someday as a lighthouse. We call it a lighthouse group. So we can take this and use it to teach young journalists how to really be a that's good amazing. reporter. That's our goal someday. So you're going to be a part of that. Well, so, I mean, it's just right. That's right down your alley, by the way. And, and I, we've talked to some people I'm excited about. Give me a little time. Let me get past the COVID. We survived that. Mm-hmm. I love what we the work we do there with our people. The young people we got, fantastic young people. So that gives me great joy. To work with young people is a great joy. I love doing that. And then, of course, I'm a grandpa, so I have to have, you know, and my four grandchildren, which I love a lot. Well, listen, buddy, uh, we have got to end our show right now. 
However, you are going to be coming back soon no, because back. we got we got to have have you back again. And I uh, feel like Johnny Carson just invited me back. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. When you're having a good time, there's no no reason to stop. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about. You guys are going to come back on the other side of my show sometime. Absolutely. And if you and how do listeners uh, get to your show? Okay, it's very simple. Yeah. It's like you it's, it's actually it's actually on Facebook Live, and it's the Buddy Martin Show. And every night, well, four nights a week at 9 o'clock, and then we do a noon show. <clears throat> Freddie Weeby's here on that show, and we do show food and whatever. And then we have writers from around the country to weigh in on the games that weekend. So we're on, and say DM me if you want to know more, Buddy Martin, and we'll tell you. But we're on the Facebook Live, 9 o'clock during the week, noon on Fridays. Thank you very much, Buddy Martin, for uh, joining us on Meldon Law and Friends. And we'll be back next week with another exciting show. Thanks.